This week on Geek Explained, I'm joined by Geek Explained Book Club co-host Malcolm Russell Nelson for our first creator interview to celebrate their contributions in both of the Big Two's Pride specials. We're sitting down with Ted Brandt and Rose Stein to talk Connor Hawk, Escapade, Crowded, and more. Welcome back to Geek Explained. I'm your host, Eric Azana, and today's episode is our very first creator interview. I'm very excited to share the conversation we had today. I, alongside good brother and Geek Explained book club co-host Malcolm Russell Nelson, got to sit down with Ted Brandt and Rose Stein to talk about their contributions to both Marvel and DC's Pride specials. The DC Pride special, as of this recording, was dropped two weeks ago, and as you are listening to this, you can go out and get the Marvel Pride special right now. They had stories for both Connor Hawk in the DC Pride special and in the Marvel Pride special. They are introducing Escapade, Sheila Sexton, a trans mutant and someone who is going to have a big hand in Marvel stories for the rest of the year. We also got to talk about Crowded, one of my favorite creator-owned books, and we got to have a chat about their art process, some of their favorite artists and influences, and more. We also have, of course, this week's Comics Countdown, where I'll be chatting you up about all the comics you should be picking up this week, so stay tuned after the jump for that. But for now, let's roll on to the main event, the main course, the entree, if you will, as I and Malcolm Russell Nelson sit down with Ted Brandt and Rose Stein in our very first Geeksplain Creator interview. This week is our very first, mark your calendars, this is our very first creator interview on the podcast, and I could not be more excited to be joined by two incredible artists, the wonderful duo of Ted Brandt and Rose Stein. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. And I'm joined by my brother in arms, Malcolm Russell Nelson. Hello, thank you for having me. And Ro and Ted, welcome. Oh, we're excited. <laughs> yeah, we're really excited to have you on. So if you are not in the know, Ted and Ro are going to be featured very heavily this month. They've <laughs> yes. each got a story featured in both the DC and Marvel Pride comics that are coming out. As you're listening to this, DC has already come out and Marvel comes out this week. So make sure you get to the comic book shop and hopefully this will get you a little hype to get on over there to pick those up. Bye, bye, bye. Absolutely. <laughs> Get them all, especially Get especially all. go to Heroes and Villains in Tucson, Arizona. Eh, that's, okay. that's, for, that's for Malcolm. That's eh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so super excited to have you both on the podcast. Welcome. Thanks for coming on the show. And this is pretty exciting. I, I've been excited to, uh, to talk about your stuff because I remember the first time that I experienced your art was during the Steve Rogers Captain America run. 
Oh, uh, wow. Where? That was a while ago. Yeah. It was a while ago. <laughs> Let's yeah. go on the Wayback Machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We are, we're both, Malcolm and I, we're both huge Captain America nuts. We did a whole episode on the Captain America status quo during that time with yeah. both the Sam Wilson and Steve Rogers books. And I very clearly remember reading the issues that you were both on. And when I saw your names, I was like, I have seen their names somewhere before. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I, I was super excited to, uh, to find out that you were, you did those issues. So yeah, this is, this has been a long time coming, I think. <laughs> yeah. Th- those issues were, you know, they were fun. I mean, um, it was all kind of last minute fill in stuff, but I think we did as good a job as we could have. It's funny you say that you remember seeing our names on something because oh, yeah. I remember we found one of the trades for that kind of that stuff in a local bookshop somewhere. They forgot to put my credit in. No, <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah, there's a there's a book that we've got an issue in that Ted's in it. it Ted's credited it. I'm not. Oh my god! Oh, I'm no. so sorry. <laughs> Credited on the inside cover, not yes, on the front. There we go. You're on the front cover. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> who, oh, who, who do we call to get that to change? Let's let's put them on blast <laughs> right oh, now. <laughs> I think we're way past that now at this point. But, you know, <laughs> I got Joe Casada on speed dial. I can I can fix this real quick. <laughs> I don't I don't know if he's he's going to be the guy to go to. Yeah, I don't know if he's the guy to go for, to anymore. For, but for looking at the recent events. <laughs> but yeah. So needless to say, very excited to have you on the show to talk about uh, both your stories. We've got two stories featuring two incredible characters. One that is making their debut for the very first time in Marvel Comics. So uh, first of all, going to dive into a little bit of your history as a team. You've been a team for, I would say, quite some time if we're stretching all the way back to Steve Rogers, Captain America. So Our entire career. Yep. <laughs> So how did uh, how did the two of you meet and how did you get together to uh, become this rising duo in comics? We went to uni together. To oh, that's university. awesome. Oh, so, yeah. That's great. To make comics. That was the course. It was a, uh, a comic making course in North Wales. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> so then on leave, like while we were there, we became a couple. And so when we left, like started looking for work and we quickly realized that if we were going to work in comics neither of us was quite capable of doing all of it at that point <laughs> so trying to go trying to do two solo things was daft so that was not going to work no <laughs> so we said, well, why not just try doing it together instead and it's worked out pretty well for us yeah, yeah I, I would say so. <laughs> you've done work in indie comics. You've done work in the big two. Uh, when it comes to your art style, it's very distinct. You can easily pick it out of a lineup, which I absolutely love. Uh, do you have any inspirations in regards to your art style? It varies a lot of the time. Yeah, so we, um, we, I mean, but, so although you know, you, we do try and make sure that what we do is distinctive at any given moment, then like. We also, tr- we get bored very easily. So we try and like <laughs> vary the art style a lot between projects. Cause I mean. So it's the thing of trying to switch everything up each time, but still make it look like our thing. Yeah. So. Cause like, right. if you look at, if you look at things like, we, you know, like you mentioned them um, doing Steve Rogers, Captain America and stuff. Then you compare that to Crowded. Yes. Or, Red or, or the Red Sonja um, work just did for Dynamite last year. Then like all three of them look so different from each other. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, so it just it very varies completely based on like what the requirements of the book. So like we might have inspiration that's like Asterix with like a bit of inspiration yeah. for Red Sonja, or have like Stuart Eminem. It's like wide varieties of oh, who do we want to take inspiration from this time? <laughs> yeah, the, the current pitch, current pitch we're working on, we're looking more at manga type stuff. So it it really does cool, you know, change up depending on what vibe we're shooting for. Absolutely. And your your style from across the projects you've had, I've I've noticed is very uh very frenetic. And one of my favorite parts of it is your usage of uh SFX blending into the actual events of the art. It's like, just the best. Uh it's so cool. It's the best. Like anytime <laughs> yeah. somebody throws a drink, there's splash in the actual, in the actual like, like art. liquid that's yeah. being thrown, or like it's anytime there's a crash, you see it emboldened into whatever's breaking and i really i love seeing that stuff so what can you describe kind of what goes into your process of developing action scenes in that way oh action scenes i mean well like if in terms of like developing it around like the the sfx for crowded like i don't even know what it was that made us think of doing that actually i think it's because there was that and throwing the drink thing and it had a sound effect and we was like why don't we make the drink say splash in it it was that <laughs> yes. simple really because like when um grant morrison was still writing batman there was those three issues of frank whiteley batman and robin mm-hmm. and right. frank did all of the diegetic sfx mm-hmm. in there and i just really love that show. I really do. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> so cool. Now you're talking about the right crowd here. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We're 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 um, big supporters of the Dick Grayson Batman run. So because <laughs> it was also at the same time, it wasn't so much sound effects. No, not so much sound effects stuff, but it was those flash issues that had the titles put into the background. Yeah, into the yeah. backgrounds. I can't remember. Uh, that's yeah, Manipal's yeah. run? The new fifty two yes, stuff. That's, yeah. yeah. So that was also a bit of an inspiration, I think, with the kind of like, oh, you can make words out of what's there. And so when we do sound effects, like what is making the noise and what kind of um things can you do with those items to make them make the sound? <laughs> <laughs> like if it's shattering glass or um the impact of a bullet on things. So it's got like the poing in the yeah. impact area and things. Right. So it's just trying to, or, or a flamethrower going whoosh with the fires. <laughs> what is making the sound and how can we make it make that sound? That's so cool. Hell yeah. Whenever I'm reading a comic, I'm usually an art first writing second guy. So it's immediately apparent to me when like, art will make you constantly like flip through the pages quicker because you want to see what's happening next. You want to follow the through line. And especially like with your work with crowded, like it is just, it's incredible in that respect. So it's, it's really, really good stuff. That book is unbelievable. Unbelievably good. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, like with crowded, our whole thing was that like, even though like, yeah, there was a lot of very information-heavy scripts in terms of like the dialogue and everything. We wanted to make sure that you could at least, even without reading a single um, like word balloon, you could get the mo- gist. You could more or less get the gist of what was going yeah. on. Like yeah. you could at least understand all the emotional beats. Yeah, right. 
well and even in some of the stuff that is like text heavy like i'm i'm thinking of the uh the backstory for cersei that's all done through social media posts like that's such a creative way to get through a bunch of exposition (laughs) and i never thought of something like that before and that was a really like insanely inventive way to go about that yeah, that, that was that was a fun sequence. Yeah, I th- I'm not sure if we in I'm not sure if we may had the idea for that. No, one, I actually. think that was in the script. Yeah, it's like oh, a lot really? of, a lot of the visual stuff in in like a lot of the visual stuff crowded was our doing, but like the background gags and the sound effects. But I think that I think that one was actually Chris's idea. Yeah, I was I was gonna ask how how structured are you guys as like scripts for that kind of stuff? Like how like how how much of you are you injecting in there and basing off of like what's given in the script and such we had a really solid relationship with chris which was here is here's my script here's a lot of stuff take what you want and put in the rest of what you want to do that's great if you've got a better idea you do it that's cool (laughs) so like there were loads of times where like we added in a lot of panels. We often, well, not often, but we occasionally added in full pages, like turning a single page into a double page spread. We did that a few times. Cool. Mm-hmm. It was like a case of, um, dude, you've got too much stuff on this page. <laughs> <laughs> Let's blow it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah. Um, no, we were really lucky that Chris is a super chill oh, yeah. guy to work with and is in just completely trusting of like, yeah, he says, okay, here's what I've got, but, you know, you understand visuals, so you deal with it. Yeah. That's cool. And which was a really relaxed way to work from that point of view. Oh, I'm sure. Like, and, and it's it's apparent when you're able to kind of seamlessly see that this is one big uh, one big creation with multiple hands involved, but you were talking about sight gags. I was flipping through the other day, and obviously, um, if you don't follow Ted on Twitter, you absolutely should follow him, both him and Row, because Ted did a whole thread of crowded stuff, and I did not notice this the first time I read through it. But the Lucas Lee posters, yeah. on the wall, <laughs> yeah. I was like. They're after my own heart. I was going like, to ask about that. I, I love it. <laughs> well, it was entirely you. It was. I, I've made no secret that like a dream project for me would be like doing Lucas Lee graphic novels. I don't know why that isn't a that thing. Be- <laughs> <laughs> like the posters that they made film. for the, the the Scott Pilgrim movie were insane. Yeah. So yes. Good. Like. You you just don't exist is my favorite story oh, ever. So and good. <laughs> like I mean, it, it it's literally perfect because I mean the title alone, A plus. Then you've got a very confused and angry looking Chris Evans there with the, the tagline of Cole Hazard, which is an insanely good Such name. Good. Cole Hazard just got a just got a phone call. Dot 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 from, from himself. himself. <laughs> that has lived rent free in my head since the movie came that, out. Clearly. That performance is so good too. Just the it's so you're good. gonna hear two sounds. The first sound is me hanging up the phone. The next is me pulling the trigger. Like it's it's yeah. so good. <laughs> so yeah, like I had to put a Lucas Lee poster in there somewhere because yeah, honestly, like I said, dream gig of mine. Cool. <clears throat> 
All right, we're we're putting that on the yeah. list. We're we're gonna see that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm putting it out in the universe. Yeah, exactly. Because I I adore Scott Pilgrim, and that movie actually came out on my birthday, oh. way back when. And I saw, I saw, yeah. Oh, I have a deep seated love with that film. Like I watched that movie once a week, every week while it was in theaters. Heck yeah. Like it was me and my buddy, Brendan went to the old, uh, the towers theaters in like Marana. And I just, we were obsessed That's awesome. and like we had, I had, uh, read the comic beforehand, but I'd never fallen in love with Lucas Lee. Like I did with that Chris Adams. Yeah, it's, it's that it is iconic. Yeah. 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 Good movie. <laughs> so, so speaking of crowded and the amazing stuff that went on there, um, I know that it is more or less wrapped up in in its in its narrative. But yeah. is there? Do either of you see any kind of stories that could also take place in that world? Is there any interest in revisiting it at any point? Um, I don't know. Like on the one hand, I really do miss the characters because they were fun <laughs> yeah. uh, but I also I'm very wary about ever going back to things because fair a lot of because it's things like you know um, you don't want to wear them out no exactly that way. O- oftentimes things are great because they end absolutely that's a very hard well, concept for us as Americans so- Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of TV shows that are like, you know, like say, Person of Interest, where on the one hand, I really wish there was more of it, and on the other hand, I'm really glad there isn't. (laughs) So no, like, there's also some shows that went on way too long. Oh, for sure, one hundred percent. Yes. Oh, you should have stopped. (laughs) Yes. So yeah, like. Love crowded to death still, insanely proud of it still. I unless there was a really good reason, I don't think we'd go back. Gotcha. Could that good reason be like a TV or a movie deal? I mean <laughs> like, that might that might lead to actual money, which would be a first. Yeah, there <laughs> Doesn't that sound nice? Yeah. Because <laughs> we're we're talking off mic how uh, how amazing like a crowded like series on like hbo yeah. or stars or something would be because it, it feels perfectly it's very cinematic or something like, like and it, yeah it's yes, just 100%. a very good like idea and pitch that yeah i it's very now it makes a lot of sense like i'm very surprised that that hasn't been announced or anything so far you know the, the saddest thing is it gets more now every year yes yeah that's the thing it's crazy yes <laughs> 100 percent sad so, and terrifying yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's exciting on one hand because you're like oh hey we already made a book about that but yeah. at the same time it's like oh we already made a book about yeah. that i know like and, and it's it's not just the like the really terrible things it's also the small terrible things as well like the um the uh what, the penis building the, the, yep. yeah the uh, the vegas penis <laughs> building. the penis building yep. that's that's real like we we made they're making we, one we, now. We no. made a giant dick and, and yeah. there is one there someone um, like there had plans uh, like last year for one that looks way more phallic than the one we designed. No, yeah, on boner. Yeah, we didn't go hard enough. <laughs> they did. <laughs> 
Yeah, like seriously, <gasps> seriously um, there was like this architect design of the thing, and it's like it just looks like an art house dildo. Wow. They curved the top of everything. It's like it's, oh it, lord, it's a, it's a big old. First house. off, art house yeah. dildo is a great band name. So if yeah, you're looking to put together a band, I, I think you've got the name already. That's wonderful. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe that that's real. That's unbelievable. Wow. I know. Of all the bits of satire that were in that book, that was not the one I was expecting <laughs> to see come through. There you go. I'd expect not. Eric, no. we got to go to the penis building, man. I well, guess. We gotta, we gotta go. I'm a four-hour drive away. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It, it's a hop, skip, and a jump from Los Angeles. I'll Let's tell you that much. <laughs> that was something that I really loved about reading through Crowded is because I moved out to LA in 2016 and like seeing all the references to everything is just it. It, ma- it makes my heart happy as an LA transplant. It was. Uh, yeah, it, it was fun. There was a lot of Google Sketch. Well, you did such a great Peter job was... on the Griffith Observatory that I was like, they've had to see this. Yeah, have you been to any of they the places have... from there? Or is it all... Nope. Nope. Really? Wow. I'm really impressed. That's so, amazing. <laughs> well, I mean, some of the Griffith actually came from um, GTA. Because, of course, they oh. really accurate there. Like... Some, sometimes you use the weirdest things. That's like, um, well, in in the um, in Marvel the... Pride story we're coming up, we we borrowed a a, a scene thing from a um, Lego game. Yeah, we uh, used screenshots of um, the uh, Le- Lego Marvel superheroes as reference for a helicarrier <laughs> into. Oh, really? <laughs> that's so funny. Because it was like, well. Dang it! There's no. They're never in corridors in the movies, yeah. <laughs> right? Really, in the comics. So like, I have no idea what a corridor in a helicarrier looks <laughs> That's like. That's so funny. Boot up the game. Wow. To Lego. <laughs> so yeah, like you get reference from the weirdest places. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny because, like, you made a very specific because there's a point when um, when they're getting chased through the grove. And I was like, this is, I know exactly what store they went through with the bus. Like, it's <laughs> its uncanny. So the fact that you've never been there and you were pulling references is That's amazing. really impressive. That speaks to your talent right there. <laughs> Google and Google Street View. Yes. Uh, mm, the power yeah, like, of Google Street View. I mean, yeah, it, it's the miracle of the internet. Like, 40 years ago, we were, actually would have had to fly out to LA and take photos. Or at least buy like a Britannica yeah. volume or something, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And but, I know, it, the internet is just, it saves our ass every time. With the library in um, the first arc, though, uh, didn't um, Chris actually get someone to take yeah. a few photos of the interior of the library? Oh, nice. Yes, that he did. Oh, great. Nice. Because, yeah. That was just not available. It's like outside or nothing. It's like they're inside the library quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but that that library page actually I, is definitely owned by the director of the library. It might be hanging in there. Really? really? I'm gonna have yeah. to go check that out. Ah. Sure. That, I don't know um, if it's in there or if he just put it in his personal collection. I'm not sure, but he definitely bought it. That's amazing. That's so cool. Like the and that. 
I, I want to give a special moment for that library because I have never fallen in love with two characters without knowing anything about them than I have for the old couple that have, oh. have this tender moment and then run out with the flamethrower and the machine yeah, gun. Yeah. To defend the I was like, <laughs> I was like, I want to know about yeah, there's that. There's your spinoff I right there. I need to know like... more about that. <laughs> actually a couple in the script or if we were like yeah they're together <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember it's so long ago now I was like yeah that's that's very interesting <laughs> God. it was just, I remember reading that and just going this is the gr- like we can we can set everything else to the side here I need an entire issue yeah. focused on them and I need to lives. know that backstory yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want to see the up style opening I mean, for them <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> but that doesn't end sad. That doesn't end that sad. Ends it ends with flamethrowers. <laughs> yes. That's always, that's always the fun challenge with side characters like that. Like trying to make them c- compelling enough that people want to know more, even if they're not going to get yeah. them. Like, it. It just makes the world feel more vibrant. Yeah. Absolutely. And you did that in spades. There are so many characters you can look to in that book. That's just like, wait, but no, go back. I want to talk about Hell that for yeah. a second. Hold on. So you mentioned uh, your Marvel story, which is coming out, like I said, as you're listening to this listener today. So go pick that Yay. up. Um, this story is not only introducing corridors to helicarriers, <laughs> it's also <laughs> introducing a brand new mutant, Escapade. Escapade, yes. Sheila Sexton. Um, I'm super excited. Can you tell us about her what came into the process of creating that character and the design which i think is super fun i'm a fan i'm a huge fan of yellow yeah and so i mean they're, they're classic x colors aren't they? that's, that's <laughs> right, the thing yeah. exactly <laughs> but yeah um well it, it was it, we came on like largely by like complete happenstance of good luck in that like initially our uh, april was going to be like a month to do a pitch and like kind of take stock of things. And then um, Sarah Brunstadt, who the editor, um, one of the editors overseeing um, Marvel Voices Pride, just like emailed us randomly and said, Would you happen to be free? Yeah. Hey, this, this, is, this is random, but are you free April? I'm like, Amazingly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Funny you mentioned that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, um, the fact that they had Charlie Jane Anders doing the writing, like, okay, I'm I'm definitely interested yeah. in this, you know. Um, so, yeah, we said yes and then, like, kind of had, uh, like, hour, hour and a half, uh, uh, like, Skype meeting with Charlie Jane, Sarah, and um, Anita Okoye, the um, assistant editor who worked with us. Mm-hmm. Um where we're like kind of we're talking about um character design stuff yeah so because... like vibes and any specifics they wanted because like having a, a, co- a conversation about that kind of stuff mean at the beginning means that you can cut out a lot of unnecessary character design in the beginning because it's like just putting out a whole load of designs like none of these are what we're after so you have more of a what exactly what are you, you looking want? for yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is actually a lot easier to do when you're just batting about ideas than trying to do it through email or something. Yeah, like having a, a having a face to face conversation makes that sort of thing flow a lot easier and 
so yeah it was a really productive useful session so like um i think it was sarah who suggested having I might have been anita who suggested the um the not Ross. okay yeah. well it was yeah. definitely one of them they like they explicitly gave us a brand like uh, a, a clothing brand cool um, is it fang Something I, like that. Something like that. I, it's not uh, that, but it's anyway. It's not that, something it, we can get in this country, so no. we don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got a specific brand to look at, like see what sort of things they do, cool. and oh, that's awesome. Uh, and then, like, so yeah, um, we kind of you know gave a lot of feedback on the initial ideas that they had, and saying which bits we thought were cool, which bits visually might not work so well, and you know. And we kind of like came to a consensus after that, and so then we slung down some ideas, and some of them they really liked. That's awesome. And when you came together with uh, Charlie to create the character, was the basic pitch of the character already kind of uh, formed? How much uh, did how much hand did you have in kind of crafting? You know, the power is incredible, and the idea, the uh, potential of using that power in an artistic way could be is really exciting to me as a reader. So mm. how how were you able to? Um, did you have a hand in crafting that at all? And how have you? Uh, has that provided any really funny opportunities for art when it comes to that story? Well, um, <clears throat> the power set was already put in place and the general vibe and stuff. So it was more crafting the. Um, uh, trying to craft the visual language for uh, Sheila herself and what her power can do because it's an enormously broad. Right. So it was that sort of thing of trying to find a way to do it that could um, have so many different applications, but in a un- almost universal way, so you know it's always that power. And that really um, got tied together properly when Tamara, uh, Tamara, yeah, uh, came in with the colours. So that helps really solidify everything. It's like, it's this one thing that keeps happening that's doing all these different other things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were just so lucky that Tamara was available because, God, she's so good. Talent. <laughs> yeah. Sure. yeah. I know that Sheila is not the only character being introduced in the story. We're also getting uh, her, quote unquote, person in the chair with Morgan. So did yes. you have a hand in divi- or, uh, designing them as well? And how how exciting was that for you to be able to have not just a hand in creating one, but two characters? Uh, I, I'm very happy to be part of designing um, Morgan and their wardrobe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. like the only brief, like um, Morgan's brief was a lot vaguer, like... The only the only stipulation was, like, he's a nerd, and he's like the you know computer support, but we don't want him to dress like stereotypical jeans, t-shirt, hoodie nerd. Which yeah, fair. <laughs> um, but like that, that was as far as the request went. So like kind of, so we proposed dapper young man. Yeah, um, <laughs> like as 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 the the conversation about personality stuff went on, then it was like. Oh, you mean fancy? <laughs> That's a good code name. Hang on a second. <laughs> yeah, fancy. Okay, so we'll be ready for uh, for more to take on fancy fancy lab, fancy lab. like in S- weird like L three three T 
speak later yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. for, for the partnership of the two of them, like, is there for you dynamically, is there any kind of um, beyond just the two of them being obviously partners in this sort of superhero journey sort of we don't know what exactly their their larger goals are um is there anything visually that you wanted to communicate when it came to their designs and how they maybe balance each other or offset each other i mean they've got quite complementary color schemes like because mm-hmm. sheila's in the more traditional like a mutant colors of blue and yellow although not quite the traditional blue and yellow because it was our bathroom hand towels. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> that, that's her official palette. Yep. Well, you have great choice oh, in so towels. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of great banger. Taste. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, like Morgan's completely contrasting. So like mostly in that's, reds and blacks. Much like a much more grounded sort of tone. So is, is that really nice complimentary? Mm-hmm complementary set so they always because the, the the two color sets always work together but also are very easily distinctive also with the you're saying that um morgan's in the more stable colors he's definitely um a stabilizing influence for sheila yeah in that way yeah absolutely yeah i've i've she sheila especially with like with her power set can very easily i think be described as a hot mess character which I know you have a, have a specialty in when it comes to uh, comes to our girl. <laughs> so and 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 it's funny because like looking at the two you know the the two teams together you know having um, having your your duo from Crowded alongside your duo with uh, Sheila and Morgan, I could see a little bit of of DNA between the two of yeah. that between the two of those teams. Was that was that intentional? Was there any kind of um, a uh, through line between those those two duos not intentionally i don't think yeah no if there is it wasn't conscious <laughs> should we be concerned about you two is that why you you're really good at the duo stuff like are you injecting a little bit of yourselves in there again not conscious <laughs> i would like it on record we're, we're neither of us is interesting as charlie or vita so <laughs> okay if you say so i don't know <laughs> But I, but I feel like that. I feel like at least Vito would say the same that, thing. This is very true. She's there to do a job. She's quite boring. <laughs> so, yeah. so the big, the big question that Malcolm and I have for, for Sheila for Escapade specifically is, how soon until that Marvel Legends figure is out, and how many of those are you going to get? I need it. Oh, that hadn't even occurred to me. That could be no. a thing. <laughs> I need it. But that would be so cool. It really would. There's no way that they if, don't do that, right? If that happens, we will definitely be one. Yeah. Heck yeah. One hundred percent. We're we're big Marvel Legends collectors, yeah. and we're like, as soon as I saw the design, especially like you said, with the very complimentary bath towel colors, I was like, that is going <laughs> to pop so well yeah. on a shelf. Yeah, that's going to look great. Like, it, it's got to be only a matter of time. I mean, like I said. Obviously, we have no say in that or knowledge of it, but if it happens, <laughs> I would also be very up for a Hibbert plushie. Yep, hey. hardcore. That would be a great That's idea. A good idea. For sure. Oh snap! 
<laughs> Edward is their flying turtle. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sven, who doesn't know yet. <laughs> kind of putting a bow on Sheila for now are there any goals you would like to see the character achieve very very young of their parents making their first appearance like I said as as of this as of you listening to this listener this week is there anything you'd like to see Sheila do to be a part of or interact with any characters that you'd love to see her interact I mean I mean I'm I'm definitely very excited to see her turn up in New Mutants yes because like, it won't be the first time it's happened, but it's very exciting when other artists draw things you've designed. Yeah, yeah yes. absolutely. Is it going to be Rod drawing that? Oh no, we have no idea. No idea who's going to be um, who's going to be drawing it yet. No. So all, all we know is that um, Charlie Jane's going to be guest writing three issues. Cool. Okay. That's so good. And, like, yeah. And drop Sheila into the uh, the the, um, the world of Krakoa. Yeah, properly. that's so awesome. And then. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited. Yeah. You bring it up, Kate. I would love to see her pop up with the Marauders. Yeah. With them. I think that'd be a really fun dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I, I definitely get why it's the new mutants for now, and I think that's a really good place for her. So yeah. it, it really depends on what happens after that as to if she stays or goes. Yeah. We, right. we I mean I guess by Gabby. definition she is a new mutant. Oh, I mean, I mean, yeah, we, we 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 need a six issue mini of just Sheila, Sheila and Gabby it around overalls for life. life. I mean, yeah. I'm into it. Overalls for <laughs> <Hell> life. <yeah. laughs> have have them pal around with the Runaways for a little bit. Their overalls like let's rock this. Like let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's build a whole new Young Avengers. Like let's rock it. Oh, well, man, you know, back, back in the day, West Coast Avengers had their jackets, so clearly... You know, there we go. Time for okay, it's time for I like overalls. it. <laughs> so let's, let's pivot a little bit from Marvel to DC. You also have a story in the DC Pride anthology that's going on this month, which, as of this recording, is not out yet, but as you're listening to this, has already been out, because time is a flat circle. Yes. Now, <laughs> you have a story featuring Connor Hawk. Um, yes. one of my very deep set favorite characters. Yeah. He's he's a character that has been all the way to hell and back. Yeah. Sometimes literally, sometimes figuratively. <laughs> um, what drew you to Connor as a character, and you know, telling this story that confirms his asexuality as as something that I I'm not sure has been defined before. Yeah. No, it never has. Um, this this is. The official coming out. I'd never heard of him before this. Oh, really? Oh, no. <laughs> really? That's amazing. I, I'm not. I'm not very good at being a comics nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely my job. That is your job. <laughs> it's where you're comfy. Yeah, you you like it. There. Yeah, yeah. I, I was. Uh, I definitely was aware of and loved Connor. Um, before this point, but then, like, um, it was some point late last year that um, Andrea Shea, um, like, got in touch with us and, you know, kind of just laid it out saying, hey, look, for the next DC Pride, um, we want to canonize Connor Hawke's asexuality. Do you want to make this? I'm like, yes, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yes. Amazing. That's awesome. Now, you, you said you 
I'll I'll direct this to Ted. You said you've been a fan of Connors for a very long time. What was your introduction to the character? And do you did you have that awareness from me from being introduced to him that he was Ace? Uh, no, but that's because like most of the earlier stuff that I read from him was actually in the JLA book, so mm. oh, there wasn't yeah. a lot of time for like real personal stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um. We did we did our homework though, so like um, we we're very lucky that Andrea gave us a metric ton of um, of homework to do yeah. in like for for the writing where like we just got digital copies of very large numbers of uh, Connor Hawk issues um, solo issues that she felt were relevant to proving textual asexuality if not official canon. Yeah. I don't think I've read so much so fast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she has a wonderful like Twitter thread about that too. I saw that uh, after the news broke, she did this really great Twitter thread of just like, oh, here's all these like specific moments that like it's never been expressly on the page, but there is absolutely like that reading and that intent there, specifically like like Winnick's run, you know, uh, like, I mean, it's Judd Winnick, so it makes a lot of sense, you know, but yes. Oh yeah, so. like it, it, it totally fits with a lot of what's gone on with Connor as a character. It really does. Right. But it's it's still nice to get a chance to make it official. Yeah. For sure. I've I've been asking a lot of the questions, so I'll I'll turn the questions over to Malcolm as well. Um if you want to ask the, the next one we've got up here. Oh yeah, sure. Um he, he he came up with most of these questions, so I want to make sure that he gets he gets to ask at least some I'm of them. I'm fine. Don't worry about me, babe. Don't worry about it. Um. So okay, we're gonna get really. I see why you let me ask because this is the really personal stuff. Okay. Um. Ro, you're you're Ace NB and Ted, you're Ace by. Is that correct? And NB. And NB. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so how how important is it for both of you to be the ones to tell this story about uh about Connor's ace uh ace history and ace life? I didn't actually realize how important it was until we were actually doing it. Cuz I hadn't really thought about that kind of stuff too much before and like cuz it's just there's not that much out there so it didn't really occur to me to make yeah. it. No. But like the further we got in, the more powerful it kept feeling. Mm. That's that's great. It, you're right. We really want to do this right. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it started off with just, "Hey, this will be a fun thing to do," and by the end of it, it was like, "Oh God, if I don't get this sentence exactly right, the whole thing falls apart, and then it won't be worth <laughs> oh, <no>. anything." <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I'm a representative of a nation. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it's not in the, it's not explicit in the story, but obviously I want to make it clear that it's not representative of all experiences of asexuality or anything like that, because, right. but it's definitely, I mean, yeah, I'd be lying if I said I didn't sculpt it to exactly my experience, because (laughs) that's the one I got to go on. Right, what you know, right? It makes sense. Of course. Well, that's great. That's that's really cool that you guys get to get to tell this story and do that. I, uh, I, so I work at a comic shop, and I was uh, I was talking about Connor Hawk with a customer, and I kind of likened this to uh, 
to like Christopher Priest coming in and doing Black Panther for so long, you know, being like, oh, like here's an actual like black person who came and was able to write a story about one of the preeminent black characters, you know, like it's kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took so long for that to happen, you know, and this is very similar to that. So that's really amazing that you guys get to tell this story. And I hope there's more coming, uh, which would be awesome. I mean, it would. We were uh, Eric and I off off mic. We're talking about how we wanted to pitch you on telling a Connor Hawk, Wally West, Kyle Rayner story, uh, <laughs> so we could get. A, I, I mean, I'd be very down. All for three that. of the young guns in there: <laughs> yeah. the brave, the bold, and the beautiful. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, which one are you labeling as which? Uh, okay, Wally is right, brave. Go. Uh, I think Kyle is bold, and honestly, I think Connor's beautiful. I agree with yeah. this. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, I'm down for that. I like yeah. that a lot. But we were just talking about as well. Just the I would love to see how you two draw a flash sequence. Hell yes, and just Wally's red hair flopping in the wind as he goes, like all I yeah. We've never thought about that, but it would no. be a hell of a challenge. Ex- yeah. Especially with you mentioning earlier, you know, those flash sequences uh, from Manipole being an inspiration with like yeah. the, the title card being in the art. Like now, now all I can think of is, oh, I want a flash from both of you. Like, <laughs> I want that so yeah. bad. <laughs> <laughs> Tell DC, not us. All right. All right. Who do I get on the line there? <laughs> well, well, well all, all of they listen to this podcast for oh, sure. Yeah. So Everyone. Well, they, they know by now. <laughs> Tom King's our top subscriber, so he, he can make something happen. Hey Tom, <laughs> how you doing? Thanks for the patron pledge. Um so this story is also, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's also the introduction to one of the greatest characters ever created, the music meister. <laughs> Hells. This yes, this is the first yes. like canon appearance, right? Yeah, yep. in the comments. So th- yeah. this yep, is your Harley Quinn. Get, we had to get special permission from. That's Eagles. amazing. This is your really? Harley Quinn moment. That's amazing. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the book that people are going to be specking on for years. Like when when they do when they do 100%. Music Meister as the bad guy in like the Batman Three, you know, <laughs> people are going to be specking on this. <laughs> so be like hard. you have to read this. Comic. <laughs> They're going to be like, oh, it's the first appearance. Got to get it. Like. How so? What is it? How how awesome is that? I mean, you said you had to go through like legal. Like how 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 cool was it knowing that you were doing that? Also, like that's that's not a small thing too. So much fun. <laughs> it was also like you're legal. <laughs> yeah. What? But yeah, like apparently it's a thing where like, you know if you're taking from animation division and bringing it to comics, it's a thing. But luckily, again, you know. Andrea, incredibly supportive, went to bat for us, bring it, and so we got our, our first pick of villain. That's so cool. Yeah, he was our first choice. Oh yeah, because we we love that guy. <laughs> He's so good. Are you big like Brave and Bold fans in general, or <laughs> hell yes, yes. I'm gonna go watch it now. Yeah, it's kind of a perfect show. <laughs> it really is. Do you have a Do you have a favorite episode? Or favorite uh, character that popped up in that show? Oh, I mean, honestly, I do enjoy um, the musical stuff. So um, both um, oh, the one with the Joker, the Emperor Joker, yeah. and yeah. Um, and uh, Music Meister, because 
Joker had like um, where's, where's the, the fun, fun in, in that? that? Yeah, oh, that's such yeah. A good yeah. Song. It's just a bad song in general. Who was the voice actor for that? His his voice. I, yeah, I don't remember yeah, who I don't know off the top of my head. did Joker for that, but it's it's an incredible yeah. performance. No. Yeah. Yeah, to be able to pull that off while singing as well is so good. That's awesome. Um, so yeah. Um, um, uh, Jeff Bennett is Jeff the Bennett. voice wow. actor. Look it up. Yeah. Well, well done, Jeff. You did. <laughs> Jeff, you made an impact for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then there's also that great uh, Matches Malone episode where we get the birds oh, of prey. God, yep. yes. Also yes. very good. That was so oh, good. So I good. I think that yeah. show still has maybe the best finale out of any like cartoon. Um, that finale makes. Yeah. Me, I'm actually getting teary. I just think about it right now because that finale makes me cry. <laughs> With like, I mean, the most I've ever liked Batmite is is that show. Like that yeah. show made me yeah. get Batmite. But like Batmite's freak out at the end of like, <laughs> I, I don't want it all to be over. And like, they go to the set and they're packing up the Batcave set and every like, uh, I'm getting yeah. to. <laughs> it's so good. It's an incredible, incredible <laughs> show. <laughs> Listeners, if you haven't watched Bre- Batman: Brave and the Bold, uh, absolutely uh, change yeah. that about yourself because it is it is an incredible experience. What is it like for you guys to like translate Music Meister's like ability and song into comics? Like, how does how does that work? Well, we kind of cheated. We cheated a bit, like okay, um, <laughs> because um, to combat his ability, there are some special earplugs, so you don't actually hear any singing. Cool. Like, Oh, clever! You'll see. You'll see what what um, stylistic techniques have been used to kind of demonstrate that sort of thing, which I'm I'm you know I'm proud of the idea for, and our letterer Frank Shekovic really executed just fantastically. Wonderful. Awesome. Yeah. So um, so yeah, like it was it was difficult because on the one hand we couldn't use Music Meister to his full potential for reasons that are very clear when you're reading the story but also it really worked for the metaphor we were yeah, using <laughs> and we just really wanted to be able to be the ones to drag him into comics that's great <laughs> that's so neat we also gave him goons yeah um he now has three official goons in there oh yeah musical notes <laughs> Yep. No, Clef. Oh, of oh, course. Yes. That's so good. Travel base. <laughs> it doesn't actually appear on the page, but we have called them shake, rattle, and roll. Yes. I love it. I love it. Oh my cool. god. They're they're gonna be the new enforcers. Yeah, that's the new enforcer. We're we're big enforcers fans. Uh, like those are our dudes. So like, yeah, you're all right. Cool. We're, we're now ready to go to war for shake, shake rattle, rattle, and roll. Ride or die, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> That's neat. Um, do you have any? Uh, do you have any more like music meister stories in you as well? Oh, not off the top of my head, but I'm sure we could find one. <laughs> <laughs> have Have music meister be a repeated character? <laughs> like, I mean, like with a lot of the things we've done, nothing springs to mind immediately. But all DC have to do is ask, and we'll say yeah. yes. Do you have any characters that you that you have like a? That, that you can say that you have like a, a dream, you know, I, I have that story plotted out. You know, I have a Captain America story in the back of my head always, you know, something like that. A um, couple of, couple of things. A couple um, of concepts at least. Yeah, a couple of concepts. We have a couple of like, I mean, we've got a couple of things that we've sent in to, to um, 
people who know at DC as pitches. Oh, that's great. That likely won't ever go anywhere, but like we've done it. At least. That's cool. Um, one for the Legion of Substitute Heroes and um, one for a um, weird selection of super genius villains, including um, Tio Moro, Tio Moro, Savannah, and Ooh. Ooh. Are you like fifty-two fans? You name dropped Morrison earlier. Also, like, does that come from that? I mean, I, I love fifty-two. Yep, but yeah, I'm just here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I am. I'm ride or die for T.O. Morrow. I, Hell I, like, yeah. Like Lex Luthor, never heard of that. Either. Wow. <laughs> Hell yeah. Who is she? I don't know. <laughs> Thomas Oscar Morrow is the best genius on DC Earth, and you will never convince me of that. I, I think that is a very underrated <laughs> character. <laughs> yeah. Totally like, agree. Because, you know, everyone goes, ooh, Lex Luthor built another kryptonite, whatever it is. Oh, Professor Ivo made a robot that can uh, that, that can copy the Justice League's powers. Yeah, Thomas Oscar Morrow coded a soul so um, yep. so nuanced and real, it made it into yep. heaven. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely true. That's it. End of discussion. <laughs> that happened. Like it's canon. Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 Morrow's problem. He's an artisan. In a world of, uh, in a, in a world of engineers, yeah, he's, he's the Picasso of engineers. Like, <laughs> yes, like what? One day we will get his Starry Night yeah. in the form of a kind of death machine. Like this is the thing. I you know I am utterly ride or die for him. So yes, I do have a, a pitch it, like floating around in DC that likely will go nowhere, but is definitely in, heavily involved. That's in him super because, cool. Yeah, that's super cool. I, and, and you never know. Yeah. That's it. And like, I've got the email address of a DC editor and who has explicitly said, if you have weird ideas like that, send them over with the caveat of absolutely zero promises. Yeah. <laughs> so, Why the hell not? You know, that's all it takes. Shot. That's yeah. great. Shoot your yeah. shot. All you need is for at least one person to believe exactly. in you. Exactly. So. Exactly. Uh, it, is there a... Can, can I ask a weird question? Who who yeah. who are who are like your favorite like comic artists? Like I know we talked a little bit about your inspirations, but like who are like your favorites just in general? Ooh, okay, right. Um, are you going to get a list now? Yeah. Oh <laughs> my god, I'm ready. We're ready. Please, We're ready. <laughs> right. smack me with it. Okay. So, um, I mean, my top is just Stuart Immonen generally oh, because geez. yeah. Mm. Literally anything he touches, incredible. Yeah. So, like, as far as I'm concerned, he's in a class all on his own. For sure. Um, yeah. So, going on to, like, superhero stuff, um, people like Doc Shaner, Dan Mora are just incredible. <laughs> Doc Shaner is my guy. And Dan Mora is yeah, my you, favorite. You are like, people. You're our people. <laughs> yeah. Shaner is mine, like, nor is his. And I, I, and I think... Like probably like they're two of my actual favorites. The thing, the two I think are probably the best technical superhero artists working at the moment are Jorge Jimenez and uh, Pepe Larraz. Oh, yes, Pepe <laughs> could absolutely sign off of both of them. They are yeah. incredible. And Jorge Jimenez also is just like a real life superhero. He is jacked to the gills. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's well. not fair. Like. <laughs> 
<laughs> Dude's so hot. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say, like, he's even as handsome as a superhero. It's I damn. don't get it. He's so <laughs> I've never seen someone look that awesome in shorts before. He looks so great in shorts. It's not fair. <laughs> no. So, yeah, like, that's definitely, like, my kind of top, top four in the superhero game currently. Um, ooh, indie ones. That's where it gets trickier. Honestly, but um, I'm blanking on everything. <laughs> oh, <no. you've> <laughs> yeah. Let's have a think. Um, you can say your own names. That's fine. I, I don't mind. <laughs> you're allowed. I, I think you guys 100%. are crushing it right now. So yeah, you're allowed. Yeah. Um, Christ, I've, I've I've been reading so many books recently, and I just and I'm you blanking what, on every what, single one of them. What What have we read? <laughs> um, I like Carrie Peach very much. Yeah, Ooh, Carrie Beach is excellent. Nice, nice, oh, yeah, yeah, big adventure zone fans. Oh, yeah, 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 it's because it's very, it's very storybook, and then also like there's there's creepy drama yeah. going on. And it's like <laughs> an interesting mashup, and it's like I need more. Yeah, it's it. kind of awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah! Right, I'm just gonna have a quick look at my uh, my recent uh, purchases and see so I can no, see what the fuck actually yeah. Which, if you're using Comixology, yeah, it makes it so easy. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> One one person uh, really like um, who isn't doing like kind of corporate stuff. Um, Hannah Templer, um, who does uh, Cosmonite. Oh my god! Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. And um, just had the um, the uh, graphic biography of um, Patricia Highsmith yeah. with Reese mm. Ellis flung out of space, yeah. which is a really nice, really like it's not especially heavy, but it's beautifully executed. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was really good. Um, God, there's so much on your list here. I haven't actually read. I'm terrible. <laughs> um, oh, one one final superhero artist have to put on the list as well. Bruno Redondo. Absolutely. Jeez, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Love everything that he's doing. I like that all of your picks are very design heavy people as well. That that makes a lot of sense. Sure. They're all very stylistically like I want to you know, have a very specific look at the design and how, how to change the page and how to change the format. I mean, yeah, all, all, I, all I keep, of them. I keep meaning to read it. Batgirls that. Yeah. Corona. No, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cause I keep seeing bits of that pop up and it's like, Oh, that's it's so gorgeous. Yeah. Beautiful yeah. book. Yeah. And to yeah. speak to Redondo, I mean, he's, he's doing some, like next level stuff in Nightwing right now, like issue eighty seven. Yeah, that continuous issue, the one continuous. That's yeah. something else you keep get, trying to tell me to read. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's you'd really like the. Album. It's so good. Yeah. And there's a lot of what I was what I was mentioning earlier about you including a lot of the SFX and the onomatopoeia in the actual. Uh, page and the backgrounds and everything there's a lot of that dna in there which is really fun and it makes sense why why you you 
drift towards yeah. that because great minds think alike. Yeah. Same with like, you know, you look at your Lucas Lee posters <laughs> and you look at like the shirts that like Bruno Redondo has everyone yeah, in at Nightwing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is there similar DNA there? Uh, do you do you have a favorite era of Eminem? Because one of my favorite things about Eminem is that he's very different, like across his eras. 90s Eminem looks totally different than like early 2000s, which is totally different than like end of 2000s, which is different than 2012. Do you have a favorite like time period Eminem? Oh, that's tough. Well, because I'm me. I think my favorite thing is he's done was never as bad as you think. Oh, hell yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, let's say like you're basically asking me to you pick know, your favorite child yeah, yeah. This is like, <laughs> i mean everyone's you know, got one right yeah, yeah exactly here, here is all the, these things of incredible value that you know, that you um you must pick only one like, <laughs> yeah they're, they're all worth a billion dollars <laughs> yeah yeah i mean like i i will say that i th- wonderful as all of his superhero work is and it really is I think my favourite things that Stuart ever draws are when he's working with Catherine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so everything from Never As Bad As You Think to the tiny, tiny print run of Snipe. Yes. That almost no one knows. I was going to say that no one knows of. Yeah. I was like, I, yeah. I am in I am in that camp, unfortunately. <laughs> I know of it. I've never seen it, but I know of it. It's it, 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 it was a tiny book that they did a, like a 200 print run or something. And it's like a pamphlet. So, yeah. It's a book book that's like two by four inches or something. It's minuscule. It's Why? absolutely beautiful. And I understand it. Not a lick. Yeah. No, it's great. <laughs> and it also had a, it also had a comicsology release that lasted a couple months. And then they, and they pulled, pulled it. it. Right. So, yeah. so I, I, I bought it on comicsology as well. Uh, luckily. Yeah, so lucky. Got that, but, um, got that, yeah. Yeah, I, I know. I, I went through a bit of a phase of kind of hunting things. So, like, um, I've when they moved house a few years back, Stuart tweeted, like, turns out I've got four copies of Never As Bad As You Think left. Oh, my God. I was like, I want it's like, please, please, I please. <laughs> I will pay any amount of shipping, whatever you're charging. <laughs> so I did manage to get one of those. Like, yes. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Cool. That's awesome. Hell yeah. And, Obviously, obviously bought um, Grass of Parnassus. Yeah. And, and, and Red, Lord, Lord, Red King. And Moving Pictures. Moving pictures. Like, everything they do together is just... Hell yeah. They are, they are proper goals for creating stuff. Because <laughs> everything they do together is entirely different to every other thing yeah. they do. It's, push, it's always pushing them in some direction. Yeah. And... I just noticed that you keep those books as far away from me in this in the studio as you possibly <laughs> can. <laughs> 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 They're my special books. <laughs> <laughs> I just noticed that. <laughs> I didn't mean to start something. I feel really bad. <laughs> Yeah, I've also got with like, that. <laughs> also got like um, my um, absolute editions and my um, IDW artist editions down there as well. Like it's oh, not, yeah. it's more just that like I want it close to me than I want it far away from you. Sure. <laughs> that was good. That was a good cover. Yeah. I like that. Uh, <laughs> good save. Good save. 
No, it's funny. I asked yeah, because but- we're we we also do book club on uh, on this podcast, and we're uh, we're going through Ultimate Spider Man right now, and so we've gotten to the imminent years ah. of Ultimate Spider Man. It's yeah. it's been really fun for me. Oh, who like I think my favorite imminent is probably like it's specifically like his superhero stuff. I think it's like that heroic age, like New Avengers, like that he did. Like I think mm-hmm. that's that's like just unbelievably beautiful with like Laura Martin on the colors and stuff. Like it looks so good. Um, and I, it's funny going back to like his ultimate Spider-Man stuff and seeing like, Oh God, like this looks entirely different. It looks like it was drawn by a different person. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it looks great still, but it's, and then you, so wild. You, compare that to, uh, you compare that to secret identity. Right. Exactly. Right. You know? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Or next wave. Like, or next wave. Exactly. And next wave yeah. was only like a couple years before ultimate spider-man i mean even i even went and like read his ultimate x-men stuff again too like a couple weeks ago and that's literally six months i think before he starts doing like ultimate spider-man and still entirely different <laughs> yeah or, or or his arc of uh, ultimate fantastic Four, yeah which was also very yeah good. right yeah he was like the king of the ultimate I, 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 I was i was so angry at the marvel editorial at the time like because he did that brilliant Doom goat leg. Ugh, and then, I love it. Like, yes. Then, like, by issue 30, Greg Land was drawing it. It's just, like regular like, Doom. Like 600. Yeah. I Thank you. Uh, I love I, goat leg Doom. Uh, Hell yeah. Goat leg Doom is Goat leg go, Doom is off. Sure. And when they do oh, them yeah. again for the movies, I want goat leg Doom. So bad. They better have goat so leg Doom. So bad. <laughs> I, I just loved it because it ra- like it, as well as being an amazing design, it also raised a really s- s- interesting set of questions. Yes, like <laughs> yes. that dude. Why was, the goat legs? Yeah. What? Well, well, the, but the thing is, what you got to remember what is that, that that doom like was exposed to radiation and started peeling off his skin to find the, the metal, metal underneath, yeah. like armor skin underneath. Right. What the fuck did happen to his legs? Yeah, though? that's <laughs> the question, right? It's like, hey, you can understand pulling off and go. Hey, there's metal under here. Like, okay, this is who I am now. But the With legs, the legs? Like, like, did they? Did he go to sleep one morning, like one night, and then like wake up? Like, these were not that. <laughs> I've got bow legged again. <laughs> <laughs> I just like. Dang it! I've got. Right. I just like to think that he actually was a goat the whole time, and like we, he was like a like a you know just secretly yeah, high evolutionary like project. High evolutionary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's funny for me because like I'm we're doing the book club and I'm reading through ultimate Spider-Man for the first time. Like I've never wow. read it all the way through before. And um, when we came up to that break, I was, I was really bummed. Cause I was like, Oh man, this is Bagley's last volume. Like I'm really bummed about this. Cause I really like his stuff. And then Malcolm's like, you just wait, just wait until next week. Just wait until next week. And I was, I was like, Stuart. <laughs> oh Yes. <laughs> this is 100% my shit. And it's, yeah. It, and it is funny. Cause like he's, he's popped in. Cause I, I believe he did the, um, that first Sam Wilson story yes. as well yes. as, as yeah. Cap. He did yeah. versus the yes. vampire, which, which is and unbelievable like, looking. Holy shit. It's, it is so good. And like, even comparing that to ultimate Spider-Man, it's like, these are two completely different yeah. artists. Like it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, like, he is definitely our model for versatility. I can definitely see that inspiration in your art, like, in a really good way. That's awesome. Yeah, thank, well, thank you. Because I mean, like, yeah. one of the things we, want, we do every now and then, if we want to sort of inspire slash humble ourselves, is looking through his Centifolia sketchbooks. Oh, Jesus, uh, yeah. 
What a legend. <laughs> Which, again, being the obsessive collector nerd that I am, like, I got one of the uh, the hundred of the slipcase. Nice. Of them. It's like, oh, wow. You know, it's like, I, I can't pass on pass up on That's that. That's so nice. This is, you know, you were talking about how Lucas Lee lives in your head, yep. Free. There's a sketch he's got of a gorilla head going, ah, that lives in my head. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's going to be that's going to be one of the Lucas Lee stories. Yeah, yeah. It's the gorilla going ah, and the director's going. Need we need the tonsil double? <laughs> that is not. I, it's just the just the gorilla head. I can just everything. <laughs> no, it, it's this beautiful little surrealist cartoon of like this kind of big roaring gorilla, and the director's just there with a megaphone, like this kind of. Like very short squat, but like kind of classic, uh, classic cinema director yelling, "We need the tonsil double in here," or something like <laughs> That's that. That's so funny. <laughs> of course, I'm going to take out the surrealism. You know, my brain doesn't work well. well. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. I totally get that. <laughs> oh, look at that yeah, thing! Look, oh yeah, yeah. Oh man, I know. It's... Are you sure it's that one? No, but you need to check the other one. Oh yeah! yeah. Uh, just, oh, just, oh no! Yeah, the glasses double. Sorry. Ah, I, I didn't actually realize that that was part of the same sketch. Yeah, no, it's um, is the this, like yeah director yelling, "Hey, epiglottis double, you're in." You can't just do that. That's so great. It's right near the front. So you just let me touch the books. I know you did just touch it. Wow. That's awesome. God, that's so That's good. awesome. What a what a goat, man. Oh, For real. So good. Well, let me put it back in the slip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you touched it. That's that's a win. That's a win for the day. <laughs> put that in the W column. That's awesome. <laughs> so so we'll be looking for Lucas Lee versus the Gorilla Head in one of the one of cool. the yeah. Lucas Lee volumes. Yeah. That that's when Lucas Lee starts directing. You know, he's going to be the director. He makes a transition. Yeah, you're yeah, right. You know, it's like I only want to do serious. Films. I was going to have a Lucas Lee got um, King Kong buddy movie. <laughs> I wouldn't say no. <laughs> it's exactly like Monkey Bone, but it's Lucas Lee and King Kong, <laughs> or Rampage. Yeah, exactly. That, that Rock the Wayne Johnson I like, Rampage. I, I, I kind of like that. They're, they're just roommates. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> It's it's Ted. Okay, I'm into it. <laughs> and they were. Roommates. Oh my god! And they were roommates. <laughs> oh so, well, this is going places. I was. Yeah, <laughs> I told you, tangents are welcome. <laughs> tangents are always welcome. I yeah, I must admit, I was not expecting to make you know uh, allusions to Lucas Lee King Kong porn. <laughs> that's that's the geek explained yeah. effect. That's that's just what we bring to it the It always podcast. ends up horny. <laughs> <laughs> as we're as we're closing down here, uh is there anything any big projects you've got coming up that you can talk about or anything that you want to plug coming up? Nothing we can talk about. It's all either NDA or speculative at this yes. point. Both are exciting. Hey, that's yeah. great. That, that, that's a good problem to yeah. have. <laughs> yeah. It sort of is, but then it's also that thing of like you just kind of constantly you constantly have this worry of like help, don't forget me. I'm still relevant. <laughs> I'm not 
I know exactly those feels. I'm a I'm a voice actor, and I there anytime I have like the biggest project that I'm waiting to be released on NDA right now, and I'm just like, let me talk yeah. about it, please. <laughs> I want it. I need people to know about. I this. want you to talk so about. It. I know. I want to know. He's been greasing my palms trying to get me to talk about it, but it's <laughs> it's it's good to to know that there are people who stick to that NDA game. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Hard as it is. Hard as it is. Yeah. Well, you guys will have to come back, and uh, when when stuff is announced, you'll have to come back, and we'll jam about it. That'd be Absolutely. great. Absolutely. We'll we'll talk more uh, more Lucas Lee and his and his fun roommate. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully by then there's a crowded hardcover. If you can make that happen, that'd be wonderful. I'd love to. Oh, fingers crossed. Have just a nice hardcover for that. That'd be great. We'd love that. I'm, I've got no idea what the realities of that are going yeah, to be. Fair. Like if that's going to be. Feasible. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. But we'll we'll all keep our fingers crossed for that for sure. Yeah, like don't get me wrong. If 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 there is one that's possible, we're definitely. <laughs> Hell yeah. Or a big buckle crowded that's just big and chunky that you can just kill a man with. Well, exactly, because it's like 460-odd pages. Yeah. Book. That would be on brand yeah. for the series as well. A book yeah. that you can also use as a weapon. Yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. It's in the library. They sell it from the library, yeah. Oh, I'm just imagining doing a different hardcover print for this. It's got the, the cover in it. It's just got, like, a blood stain on the corner. Like it oh! That's a good idea. And you can have a little property of the library, like a little sticker on the back. And then you open it up and there's actually no pages. It's been like cut into and there's a gun inside. (laughs) Oh, God. You're not actually selling the comic. It's just firearms. (laughs) To be fair, it would would be quite fun having like you open it up and on the inside cover, there's just a picture of a hollowed out. That would be so funny. (laughs) And incredibly on brand. Yeah, it would make complete too. sense. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, thank you so much for coming on yeah, the show. Thank it's you. been a blast. Um, oh, if our listeners, yeah, if our listeners want to keep up to date with you, if they want to stay in touch, um, where would you? Where would they find you? Well, we've got our website, which has contact stuff on there, which is brantonstein.com. Or we've got Twitter, which I'm. I I'm like a cryptid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm Rostein four hundred four. Yeah, I'm same for Instagram for you. Oh, and for Instagram, which I'm also not very on very much, but yeah, slightly sli- more, slightly more likely to find me there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm at ten underscore bandits on Twitter, and I love when when I first saw your page, your your ah beans, because yeah, I yeah. say that. In my in my weekly vernacular, so I was like, "Oh yes, <laughs> kindred spirit, hell yes." But it uh, just felt right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and all beans is always appreciated. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been a blast, and I cannot wait to read more adventures of Connor Hawk and Sheila Sexton. And I can't wait to have you back on the show. Yes. Yes, it's going to be fun. I know. So excited to see what people think of both of them. Yeah. Yes. Ex- expect expect a lot of good talk. Expect a lot of good talk.
Welcome back to this week's Comics Countdown. This is the segment of our show where I talk about the comics I think you should be picking up this week. Whether it's at your local comic book shop and Comixology or however you get your comics, these are the ones I think you should definitely take a look at. But before we get into this week's books, we got to take a look back at last week's books with the Geek Explain Pick of the Week of last week. And for me, there was only one comic that I absolutely had to put in this slot it was do a powerbomb number one uh written illustrated the whole shebang by daniel warren johnson i've been a huge fan of daniel warren johnson since i discovered him through beta ray bill he has some amazing comics that you should all check out but do a powerbomb is a book specifically made for me because it's a book about pro wrestling uh, Lona Steelrose is a character who I am very excited to learn more about. Her mom, Yua Steelrose, unfortunately died in the ring, and now she's trying to follow her mother's legacy. And she gets swept up in this tournament that I'm not sure exactly what it's going to be, but um, there's necromancy involved and all kinds of weird uh, magic stuff. So it's magic. It's uh pro wrestling it's tournaments it's comic books so that's all me that is all the stuff i love so that is definitely something that i would recommend and if you missed out on do a powerbomb number one go check it out but that's last week's books this week i'm going to be telling you about the 10 books that you should be checking out the 10 comics that you should be Keep it an eye out for, because lots of good comics are on the shelves this week. We're going to kick things off with a Dark Crisis double feature, two tie-ins to the big Dark Crisis event that DC is running through, if not the summer, then the rest of the year. So first off, we have The Flash, number 783. This is written by Jeremy Adams with art by Amanke Nawelpan. Uh, this book has been really interesting. Having Wally West as the main Flash is always going to be a big thumbs up for me. If you are interested in checking out the rest of his run, you absolutely should. But you should also definitely check this book out. Because Dark Crisis is going to be leading the way for what to expect for DC Comics going forward. So let's talk about this synopsis. Synopsis goes like this. The Search for Barry Allen, Part 1. The Search for Barry Allen. With the Justice League gone, Wally gathers the entire Flash family in a desperate attempt to search the Speed Force and finally locate the missing Barry Allen. But does Barry want to be found? This three-issue story ties directly into this summer's event, Dark Crisis. So, yeah. So, this is going to be trying to find Barry Allen. Barry has been missing since, I want to say... Um, what was it? Justice League Incarnate when he got pulled into the like outside in the middle of all of the other multiverses. And so he's been missing. He's been uh, AWOL since then. So Wally, who is the best Flash, is going to gather the entire Flash family and go look for him. Super excited to check this book out. And on the other side of our Dark Splay, or Dark Splay, Dark Crisis double feature, we have Dark Crisis Young Justice. Number one of six. This is a miniseries that I am super excited about uh this is written by megan fitzmartin with art by laura braga i love 
both of those creators, Megan Fitzmartin has kind of been helming Tim Drake as he has been going on this journey of self-discovery through all the Pride special, and now she is going to be writing his solo series coming out this September with Riley Rossmo and Art. And Laura Braga, I believe I was first introduced to her during Future State last year, where uh, she did most of the art on Future State Batman. So... I'm really excited about this team. I love Young Justice and bringing together Tim, Connor, uh, Cass, and Bart. Why did I forget Bart's name? Um, are going to be... Uh, it, it's always a good time having them together. So let's let's talk about the synopsis. Crises have always had devastating impacts on the generation of heroes that make up Young Justice. And Dark Crisis will hit them even harder. Tim Drake... Impulse and Superboy go missing during the Justice League's funeral. The only person concerned enough to find them? Cassie Sandsmark, a.k.a. Wonder Girl. But the three boys of Young Justice aren't on this Earth anymore. They're on the world of their dreams, one they may never want to leave. So the Young Justice gang has kind of been in an interesting spot, right? Uh, Tim Drake has obviously been getting a lot of play this past year in the pages of Batman Urban Legends. And the rest of them, not so much. Um, Cassie, thankfully, has been doing a lot in the Trial of the Amazons and in the uh, Wonder Woman and Wonder Girl books. So it's always good to see her. Uh, Bart, who returned as Impulse in the Bendis Young Justice run, has kind of been just bouncing around through uh through different books uh thank you to uh Bastakrushka for the follow thank you so much um and Connor has been popping up here and there Connor as Superboy has been popping up sometimes in the Suicide Squad book uh though I'm not going to spoil the twist there but he has been in a weird you know state of flux where everybody else has as well. So it's interesting to see them all back together again. I love this team. This team was firing on all cylinders when I was growing up, and Young Justice is the teen team for me. But I'm going to be interested to see how the six-issue series ends with them. Next up, we have X-Men number 12. This is written by Jerry Duggan with art by Pepe Larraz. I have been loving this book, and this is going to be the end of the first saga of the Jerry Duggan-run X-Men group. So this X-Men team that was put together last uh Last year, after the first ever Hellfire Gala is coming to the end of their first chapter, I don't know if anybody is going to be uh, staying on this team following this coming Hellfire Gala, but this is kind of being set up as a conclusion to the first 12 issues. So let's talk this synopsis. It reads, The Grand Climax. On the eve of the Hellfire Gala, threats have closed in on the X-Men from all sides. The secret machinations of Dr. Stasis, the terror of Game World, even the threat of the X-Men's own secrets getting out, it's all led to this. So this is going to be the big finale for this first 12 issues. Um, I, As I understand it, Jerry Duggan's staying on the book, and I believe Pepe Larraz is as well, but if you were worried after Jonathan Hickman left the X books that the X-Men were going to kind of fall to the wayside, don't worry about that. They are 
still having a really, really good Renaissance period. Uh, next up is a book that I wasn't expecting. Uh, this is Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen's boss, Perry White, number one. That is a mouthful of a title. We have On Writing Duties, Matt Fraction, Brian Michael Bendis, Neil Clade, and Elliot S. Magan. That is a murderer's row of great, great writers. And on art, we have Ivan Race, Dean Haspiel, Vic Coletta, or Vince Coletta, excuse me, Kurt Swan, Tax, or Tex Blaisdell, and Steve Lieber. I am so sorry if I mispronounced those. But, um, yeah, really excited. This sounds like it's going to be kind of an anthology if we've got that many um, writers and artists on this. So let's, let's dive into the synopsis, kind of find out what this book's about. Perry White's long career in the papers deserves a big celebration. And who better to help than his favorite colleague? No, not Lois Lane. No, not Clark Kent. Or that super guy they all write about. It's Jimmy Olsen! Yes, the same Pulitzer Prize winning Jimmy Olsen who's sometimes a giant turtle. Just don't call him Jimberly. That's a reference only Batman's supposed to know about. In a new one-shot comic, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen's boss, Perry White, number one. To publish everywhere comics are sold this June, revisit The Daily Planet and read a new seven-page Fraction Libre short story. Then see Perry White's career through the years with reprinted stories by Elliot S. Mogan and Kurt Swan, Neil Clade and Dean Haspiel, and Brian Michael Bendis and Ivan Race. So that's really cool. Um... I believe this is probably another uh, anniversary-style story with Perry White. Um, if you haven't read it, the Superman's Pal Jimmy Olsen comic by uh, Steve Lieber and... Um, why am I missing his name? His name's here. Uh, Matt Fraction has been amazing. It's a wonderful, wonderful comic. Go read that. And it, this looks like it's going to be kind of a spiritual successor to that so that's very cool and yeah i'm very excited about this this should be a fun little book next up we have another x title this is immortal x-men number three this is written by Kieran Gillen with art by Lucas Wernick. Real quick, um, if you are a fan of comic book-based podcasts, if you're a fan of just comics in general or podcasts in general, uh, the Comics Collective uh, and Dallas and Lexi over there recently had a discussion, a creator interview with Kieran Gillen. It was a great interview. Go check them out. Comics Collective, uh, they've guested on my podcast. I've guested on their podcast. So I am always willing to plug them whenever they uh whenever they drop anything but this immortal x-men number three synopsis is pretty long so bear with me here the destiny of x over 100 years ago irene adler wrote 12 books a sequel is long overdue yeah, and that's it. So not a terribly long synopsis, um, short, sweet, to the point. Uh, Irene is going to be something to keep your eye on. Destiny has been kind of running roughshod around Krakoa and over the Quiet Council since she was brought back in the pages of Inferno. But it's going to be interesting to see how this book goes, because this is going to be... Sort of, I don't know what the direction of the book is, but I'm interested to see where they go with it. Uh, Joanna underscore C, thank you for the follow. 
Thank you so much. Uh, if you like comics, you're in the right place. Uh, next up, we have a brand new number one. This is Black Adam number one. This is written by Christopher Priest with art by Rafa Sandoval. And if you are excited for the Black Adam film starring The Rock later on this year, this is going to be a book that you should pay attention to. Black Adam hasn't had a solo series in at least three or four years. So this is going to be a big deal. And you know that DC Comics for the corporate synergy is going to be pushing this book as much as they can. It's going to be going off the shelves on hotcakes. So let's talk about this synopsis. There is no forgiveness for Black Adam. This is the reality Teth Adam, a mortal man of indomitable will, must face when he discovers he has been infected with an incurable plague destroying his immortality. Haunted by the specter of centuries of dark deeds, Black Adam transfers his power to a worthy successor who will redeem Adam's legacy and defend their ancestral homeland of Kondok, only to sub subsequently become mystically handcuffed to him when Adam's plague is arrested, giving birth to perhaps the most volatile and dysfunctional super team in DC history. Get ready to ride the lightning. So, I believe this is referring to Bolt, who has been revealed uh, this past week as the person who Black Adam passes his powers to. I didn't know that this was going to be, like, the first issue that this is going to happen. So it looks like we're going to have Black Adam and Bolt teaming up. I'm very interested in this. I will definitely be picking up this book, and I think you should be too. Next up, a book that I have been raving about the last few weeks on the podcast, The Amazing Spider-Man number 4. This is written by Zeb Wells with art by John Romita Jr. I did not expect to love this book when I first picked this book up, but I have been loving it. It's so good. You should be checking this out. Um, the Amazing Spider-Man was not a book that I was super excited for, especially because I was not super happy with how Beyond, the most recent arc of that, wrapped up, but... Every single issue has been just holding my attention, keeping me super obsessed, so I've been loving it. So let's dive into this synopsis, right? After what just happened with Tombstone, Spider-Man still has to fight a whole well-armed gang to save dozens of innocent New Yorkers. With his spider powers, he can probably take 10 or 15 of them, right? But what if there's 30 of them? ASM 900 is almost here. So what that means by that, if you are unfamiliar, is that comic books, because they're not already confusing enough, is divided into their numbering. Like, this is The Amazing Spider-Man number four. So if you pick up number one and read all the way up till now, you should be in the know. But, because Spider-Man has been in print since, 19, since the 1960s, this isn't just the fourth comic that Spider-Man has been in. This is actually part of the legacy numbering. So every comic has a legacy number. I know it's confusing. You don't need to worry about most of it. But the legacy number for this one is number 898. So it's 898 issues of Spider-Man. And two issues from now will be Spider-Man uh, 900, which will also be in this run, Amazing Spider-Man number 6. So... If you are excited about Spider-Man, if you love Spider-Man, this book has been really interesting. I think you should be picking this up. Next up, back on the DC side of things, one of my favorite comics going right now. If, uh, if you want, go check back in the archives. We have a comic, 
or uh, we have an episode called the top five comics that you should be reading in 2022. I do this every single year is our first ever episode way back in 2018. And I'm continuing on the tradition every single year with a new volume. Um, this book landed right on that list because I loved it so much. It's Batman Superman World's Finest number four. This is written by Mark Wade with art by Dan Mora. Mark Wade, probably my favorite writer of all time. Dan Mora, probably one of the best artists in the game right now. Uh, they are doing amazing work. This is a Batman Superman comic that you can dive into. You don't need to know anything. You can just know who Batman and Superman is. That's all you need to know. And you dive into this and you're able to mostly understand what the uh, what the story's going on. If you're diving into the fourth issue and you haven't read the previous three, you might be a little confused. But this series has been wonderful. It's only four issues in. So if you like Batman and Superman, you should be checking this out. First up, uh, let's talk about the synopsis. The Devil Neja, Part 4, The Devil's Secret. As Robin and Supergirl race to retrieve the secrets of the Devil Neja from ancient China, Batman and Superman get more than they bargain for in the present. To save humanity from the fires of the demon, the world's finest must go toe-to-toe with the protector of Sector 2814, Hal Jordan. So, this is Batman and Superman versus Green Lantern, while Robin and Supergirl are stranded in China in the ancient times. So... Lots of stuff going on with this. I've loved how much uh, Chinese and Asian mythology and design has gone into this. It makes me, as a as an Asian-American comic book reader, really excited. So this is really good. This book is amazing. You should be checking this out for sure. Next up, really excited to talk about this, uh, Marvel's Voices Pride number one. This is the Marvel special for the, for the month of Pride. Uh, this is written by Andrew Wheeler, Alyssa Wong, Christopher Cantwell, Danny Lohr, Charlie Jane Anders, Grace Frood, I'm sorry, uh, Ira Madison III, with art by Ted Brandt, uh, Rose Stein, those names might sound familiar, uh, Lucas Wernick, Kay Zama, Brittany L. Williams, Scott B. Henderson, Lorenzo Zussi, Stephen Byrne, and more. Lots of writers, lots of artists, lots of amazing talent on this book. Let's dive into the synopsis. Permanent sleepover slash over the rainbow slash ancient and modern slash stay out of my mind turf jack slash all my exes in the nexus slash LGBTD slash perfectly seen. So those are all the titles of the anthology stories that are going to be in this book. Uh, The synopsis goes like this. Hot off a GLAAD Award nomination for 2021's anthology, Marvel's Voices Pride returns for a jam-packed celebration of LGBTQI plus characters and creators. New York Times best-selling multi-award winning author Charlie Jane Anders introduces a new hero to the Marvel Universe, and it won't be the last you see of them. Get in on the ground floor here. Iron Man scribe and lauded TV showrunner Christopher Cantwell takes on Moondragon's complex legacy for a heart-bending story across space and time. Schuster and Eisner-winning writer Andrew Wheeler makes his Marvel debut with the MU's real god of love, Hercules. Nebula, World Fantasy, and Locus Award winner Alessa Wong reunites the Young Avengers in a story guaranteed to please fans new and old, and that's just the first slice of the rainbow. Marvel's Voices continues its groundbreaking anthology series with another swoon-worthy glimpse of the world outside your window. So, 
that sounds awesome. I'm really excited about the creators. I'm really excited about the stories that we're going to find in this. This is going to be awesome. Really, really looking forward to this. But the big book of the week, the book I think you should absolutely be picking up out of all of these, is Nightwing number 93. This is written by Tom Taylor with art by Bruno Redondo. Uh, thank you, Aaron, with two eyes and two ends. That's awesome. Welcome. Uh, I am very excited about this book. Not in small part because of all the drama that's been going on with it. Tom Taylor has been getting bombarded by weirdos and losers who are just making mountains out of molehills. And I am really upset about the treatment of one of my favorite writers of all time. It sucks to see someone get bullied off of Twitter because people can suck sometimes. But... Nightwing has been a consistently great book, amazing art, great writing, wonderful suspense. It's a groundbreaking book. It's my number one. It's my number one uh, comic for this year. It's the number one comic that you should be reading. I have loved it since the uh, Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo run began. I have loved this book ever since then. I've loved Dick Grayson and Nightwing since I was a wee child. So, of course, I was going to pick this. Let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. The Battle for Bloodhaven's Heart, Part 2. After uncovering that Blockbuster isn't who he says he is, in fact he's much worse, Nightwing, Babs, and Bloodhaven Mayor Melinda Zuko battle to expose Blockbuster's malpractices. With Blockbuster controlling more of the criminal underground than Nightwing ever thought possible, can Dick Grayson help stop him before things go too far? So, yeah, we're kind of coming to a head for this first big arc for the Taylor Redondo Nightwing run. And Blockbuster has been a wonderful, wonderful villain. I've really enjoyed the book so far, if I haven't already made that clear. And I'm excited to see how this wraps up because we do still have Heartless just running around. We don't know who they are. We don't know what their end goal is. We just know they're going around snatching people's hearts and it's being blamed on literally everybody else. So I am... Very excited to see what this book brings. I'm very excited to see uh, what new revelations we might find in this issue. And I think it is absolutely a book you should be picking up. But that does it for this week's Comics Countdown. To recap, we've got The Flash, number 783, Dark Crisis, Young Justice, number 1, X-Men, number 12, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen's boss, Perry White, number 1, that title... Uh, Immortal X-Men, number 3, Black Adam, number 1, The Amazing Spider-Man, number 4, Batman Superman World's Finest number four, Marvel's Voices Pride number one, and Nightwing number 93. This is a bunch of comics that you should be picking up, and you are going to be reading some wonderful, wonderful comics this week. And that is going to bring us to the wrap-up. If this is your first time joining us on the Geeksplain podcast and you like what I do here, feel free to subscribe on the podcasting platform of your choice and give us a rating and review. We drop new episodes every single Wednesday, and honestly, ratings, reviews, and especially subscriptions really helps me and the podcast out in this weird podcasting algorithm space, raises our stock up, and gets us out and into the orbit of listeners just like you. And if you give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever you want to call it, I will read your review here live on the podcast. You can write literally whatever you want as long as you write the five-star review and rating. Sky's the limit. I will be forced to read it. 
And you'll be able to join the likes of our Red 13, including Seafire ND, Josh from Panels to Pixels, Matt Draper, Burrito Man 88, Doug from For Every Kind of Geek, Don Swanson, That Guy Brian, Mouth Dork, Dallas Meeks, Amazing Spider Fan, Alok and AZ, Sass, and Jedi Jesse 20. I want to say a huge thank you to these fine folks for their reviews, and I cannot wait to hear yours. If you want to be part of our Geeksplain mailbag, if you have a question for me, if you want maybe a recommendation on something we haven't covered on the podcast, or you want my thoughts on anything going on in the world of geek culture feel free to email me send your emails to geeksplained at gmail.com and put mailbag in the subject header and i will read it here on the podcast if you want to keep up to date with me and the podcast participate in polls that decide future episodes or maybe you just want to shoot the shit with me on the latest geeky news you can feel free to follow the podcast on twitter and instagram at geeksplained pod that's at geeksplained p-o-d also Every single Friday, we are doing the Geeksplained Book Club, where I, alongside my fellow Warriors 3, are going through every single issue of every single volume of Jason Aaron's Thor in the Days of Thunder. We've so far done two sessions of our 10-part series on that comic, that seminal comic book run, and this week, we're going to be diving into Thor. Thor issues one through eight, annual number one, and Secret Wars Thor's issues one through four, where we are finally going to meet the mighty Thor. It's going to be Thor versus Thor for the fate of Mjolnir, as well as furthering the march to the War of the Realms. So stay tuned for that. This Friday and every Friday, Thorific Fridays are a thing. Be there or be square, not a circle. I also once again want to say a huge thank you to Ted Brandt and Rose Stein for coming on the podcast and chatting with me and Malcolm. It was our first creator interview. I was really nervous about it, but really excited. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as we did. We had a wonderful time. And make sure you pick up DC, or not DC. Well, yeah, make sure you pick up Marvel Voices Pride this week. Make sure you go back and pick up the DC Pride Anthology for 2022 if you haven't already. And... If you have any other creators that you'd like to see us interview, feel free, reach out, let us know. We are always down to have some cool conversations with some cool comics creators, so make sure you let us know, let your voices be heard on who you want to see interviewed on the Geeksplain podcast. Finally, something really exciting I want to talk about. Uh, We have been basically tapped to participate in something called Podlympics. We were reached out to by Kumu USA uh, to partner up with them for this podcasting competition where essentially we are going to be streaming, live streaming. I've never done this before. I'm live streaming every single day this week. As you are listening to this, I will have either streamed three times or two times, depending on when at one point you are listening to this on Wednesday or beyond. And it's really exciting. I've never been asked to be part of a podcasting competition. I've never been asked to stream anything. Audio is where it's at for me. So this has been a really fun and unique challenge. I've enjoyed the uh, streams that I have done. I hope you stay tuned on the Kumu app or wherever you're able to get those streams and support me. If you can, it'd be really fun. There's some really cool prizes, and I am really excited to get more eyes on this podcast. So uh, feel free to uh, follow me on there, download the Kumu app. Uh, I'll be sending out notifications when I go live. If you have any questions, feel free to email me or reach out on the social medias. But yeah, I'm really excited about this. 
no expectations going into it, but I am hoping that it'd be cool to go to the next round, but we'll see. But yeah, so uh, for that... Like I said, just download the Kumu app. Uh, stay tuned when I go live. You can like give me diamonds and support the podcast, support me during those streams. So I am very thankful to those who already have and those who will. And that is going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, stay tuned next week for a brand new episode of the Geek Explained podcast. Same geek time, same geek channel. But for now, for the Geek Explained podcast, I'm Eric Azana. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe, and we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.